Welcome to Funny as Tech, a podcast about our messy relationship with technology. Today, David and I discuss the pros and cons of deleting all of your social media. Can you live in a world without notifications, or will you suffer the ultimate FOMO? If you have any questions or comments regarding today's discussion, feel free to email us at info at funnyastech.com or tweet at us at the handle at funnyastech and we'll retweet you and try to answer your question. Or if we were really persuasive today, find our address and send us a letter. The USPS really needs your help right now. I'm your co-host and comedian Joe Leonardo, and remotely is... Tech ethicist David Ryan Polgar, and together Joe and I are... Funny as tech. Tech. All right, Joe, I, you know, I think we got to tackle this question. You know, we've done a lot of a lot of discussions on Funny as Tech about tech balance and digital wellness. I remember we did uh, a, lot, a couple of live shows, I think, now on, on this whole idea of, quote-unquote tech addiction and dopamine and the attention economy and should we go grayscale, all this thought, cool stuff. You would have thought it would have been solved by now with all of our episodes. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. You know, you got to you gotta chip away. Uh, I think we're, 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 we're we got to just do more. I, you know, I, it's going to take a, take a few more, but maybe this is the part that, that this is our tipping point. I think after this episode, then, then people will get it. But uh, I, you know, I think what we're going to have to try to debate and, and, hopefully come up to some level of conclusion is what should we do right now? There's always a a discussion of, uh, of social media and how important it is to, to our lives, Mm. but uh, whether or not uh, it works to delete your social media accounts, right? For example, for the last couple of years, you've seen a a big push online and, and media stories around quote unquote, hashtag delete facebook and and oftentimes just this idea of hey wait a minute if a certain platform is not working well for your life should you should you just erase it from your life i mean you even had uh jaron lanier a a very well-known kind of the uh you know forefather of of virtual reality in the 90s uh so big kind of like visionary tech visionary he uh, recently released a book talking about uh the reasons for deleting your your social media account so i think that's the the debate is uh where do we where do we stand on this because i've always noticed that that you know people are coming out on, on different different points right now about like how they use platforms even right now with everybody doing zoom you know i just got an email like hey you know i'll use any platform but zoom like they're worried about maybe some of the uh, end-to-end encryption which they kind of got caught up in so where do you where do you stand on that what's your what's your kind of social media diet um it's all junk food i think social media (laughs) is bad for you Right, we had Jocelyn Brewer who does digital nutrition, so we yeah. got into the uh, kale versus candy type of concept. But I will say this: it is still delicious, even though it's very bad for you. There's times where you find yourself in that Facebook drama, or you're watching a Twitter thread blow up, mm-hmm. and someone's getting dunked on, and you're like, "This is bad for my mental health," but oh, is it tasty? Uh, for me, Facebook is kind of the number one thing I'm trying to almost cut out of my life altogether. Um, it's tough because I, I tie so much of my, 
uh, comedy and stuff I do is mm-hmm. through Facebook, through Facebook events. Uh, you know, I sell tickets and stuff like that. So I can't really a hundred percent get rid of it. But if I could, if something else, like an alternative that was uh, able to sell tickets and stuff like that uh, or promote was just as good, if not better, I would easily get rid of Facebook. It is one of those things that I think is not good <laughs> for me personally. I'm speaking from personal expense yeah. uh, experience. So why, why is it not good for you then? What, what, do, what do you think it, it does to, to you personally? It's a megaphone to the car crash and it makes you uh, use that example we had from our live show where mm-hmm. um, it, it it amplifies drama and just um, not fruitful conversations. It doesn't amplify. Uh, uh, it's not looking at the best intent or uh, like a, a concluding argument. It's okay. to keep argument going. Um, and my Facebook has gotten, I feel like, worse and worse. We're in an election year now, so obviously things are heated. Yeah. Um, but it, it's just... I, I I think the the negatives outweigh the positives when it comes to logging on Facebook, at least right now. And I, like we've mentioned before, uh, the younger generation almost entirely has gotten rid of uh, a Facebook Gen Z. It's not their platform, um, and it's getting older, whiter, and um, yeah, it's just not but, a great place. But to be clear, though, it, it seems like you're referring to kind of like the the kind of you know main Facebook or the big blue as opposed to the Facebook family, which would own Instagram and WhatsApp and Oculus and, and others, right? So obviously- Which is uh, funny because I yeah. love my Oculus Quest. I use it all the time. Yeah. I play VR poker on it all the time. Uh, and that's a Facebook product. Sure. Um, yeah. Instagram, I use Instagram all the time. I love it. Um, WhatsApp is an app I use all the time. But like like we're talking about, it's the main Facebook, facebook.com, that website. Sure. Um, well, yeah. I, I get, that's kind of the interesting part of the discussion, right? Is like, uh, there's always been talk about whether there would ever be kind of an antitrust uh, push towards maybe having Facebook spin off uh, Instagram. I, you know, I don't know about the likelihood of that that happening. It doesn't seem too likely uh, at, at this point, but that is uh, that is a potential because it does seem like people tend to segregate the two. They say, "Oh, damn, Facebook," but they're like, "But I love Instagram, mm-hmm. uh, right?" So they're they're viewing it mentally as as separate companies when when in fact, right, they're they're part of the kind of the same family. Uh, the money is going to the the same uh, the same pot. Uh, but I guess what I, what I'm curious about then, Joe, is it, it seems like a lot of what you're saying is you're almost thinking about the kind of collectivist type of idea as opposed to like your individual utility. So you're saying like even if this platform works well for you as an individual, it seems like you're also tying it in with well, what's its impact? on society at large. And we, we've really kind of seen this uh, happen a lot lately around, quote unquote, brand safety. Something I kind of like to, to point out in, in, in a lot of kind of my roles with speaking, consulting, all that kind of good stuff is that we have to really decide is, is social media, is it a communications platform that has advertising or is it an advertising platform that has communication? Right. And, and those two are entirely different things. I'm entirely, guessing entirely. the latter. <laughs> well, like, it, right? as of right now, it, it, it might, <laughs> it probably does seem like the latter just because 
right now you, you, you have two different ways that people can kind of impact social media companies, right? You, you can say, well, it's, it's users and, and they're, they're pushing back and they're saying delete Facebook and, and hey, Twitter, like, you know, what, what are we going to do? This is impacting democracy at large. And what do we do about hate speech? And what do we do about misinformation, which is impacting overall uh, use of social media? Because if people are saying, I like the product, but I don't like the impact of the product, then it, it, it causes people to make different decisions, right? Like you kind of like uh, vote with your, your wallet type of idea. Like, well, you know, who am I going to give money to? Uh, and you think about that. Uh, whereas at the end of the day, companies like Facebook, they make the vast majority of their, their money through, not through the selling of like, you know, any type of like actual physical good, uh, but but actually through advertising. So so that means that now that brands are also kind of talking about, quote unquote, brand safety. And right now you even have some brands that are saying, hey, let's pull back our advertising until until some of these platforms kind of clean up their act. That's kind of what they're they're thinking. That seems to seems to kind of work in the sense that uh, because because that's the lifeblood of social media, right? Because advertising yeah. is the lifeblood of social media. Something we should not discount is that if we really care about platforms changing for the better of society, then we need to actually put pressure on advertisers because they're the ones who are actually holding the the purse strings. So I have a question uh, for you. Yeah. yeah, please. I have a question for you. So I, I, I think I mentioned this in a previous episode where we talked about Section 230. Yeah. Yes. Yep. Uh, that was like two weeks ago or whatever. Yeah. Yep. Um, or four weeks ago from when this is released. Um, I mentioned kind of uh, uh, in passing about a public social media because we talked right. about a public square. Yep. Right. Yep. And how these companies are being seen as a public square, but they're not. They're a Think of it as a private piece of land mm-hmm. that they just allow the public to walk on. It's almost like when Bank of America has their um, park in Manhattan that you can kind of wander in, but still it's owned by Bank of America. It's not like a public square. Mm-hmm. So they set the rules. Should the government invest or uh, uh, maybe create like a public square, almost like how we have public libraries, or we have public parks? Should there be a public spot on the Internet? Like a public social media. Yeah, there, there has been some discussion about what would the BBC of the web, what would that look like? Uh, you know, I think in concept, it makes sense. But in all practicality, it's probably not going to work because when, when we think about the government, uh, you know, I don't normally think about uh, being being very tech forward. Uh, you know, there's a lot of fascinating <laughs> stories about, uh, you know, it wasn't that many years ago that the uh, U.S. government uh, got rid of the use of floppy drives. And I'm not, I'm not joking. Uh, look it up. <laughs> and, <laughs> and and for a younger audience kind of listening, they'll say, well, what the hell is a floppy drive? What are you talking about? And you'd be like, oh, yeah, you know that icon that you might use uh, on Microsoft <laughs> for saving something? That's an actual physical item that people used to use. Also, and, we remember yeah. the, uh, uh, Kathleen Sebelius was, uh, had that, she got fired over the affordable, um, healthcare website. Remember oh, that yes. big right. debacle where they spent like a billion something dollars or they sent like an astronomical amount of money to make a 
failing website that literally you couldn't even log on to. Right. It was like so, a bunch of stock images. So there's that whole problem with, oh, yeah. you know, bloat. So I think instead of your point about, hey, would there ever be kind of like a, a government produced, uh, you know, uh, social media account? The answer to that is that would be a flop. It would probably never work. Uh, that's my I would opinion. say, yes, I, I wouldn't say never, though. I think it depends okay. on elected officials and who's in charge. Because yeah. obviously right now things are run by a very old group of uh, yeah, but even even if, it, even if it wasn't i you know i think it it would still go against our kind of um capitalistic type of type of ethos in, in the united states i think what is more likely and ideal is that there needs to be a greater level of integration with uh, governmental bodies and social media because one of the things that i've noticed and and i have a role right now with with tiktok on their content moderation council so i see it uh firsthand by being kind of associated with with a, a large social media company a lot of people will reach out my way and they'll, they'll basically say like, hey, you know, somebody, my, my, you know, I can't get into my account or it got closed down or, or you know, there was mm-hmm. a content moderation issue. Can you help me out? And obviously I, I can't like, you know, like the scalability of social media. I think that's another episode that we need to talk yeah. about that people don't always get. But I, I will say that it, it showcases how essential people view social media, right? They view social media as their as their kind of outlet and not even just in terms of voice but something we can't discount is for the youngest generation right now in social media it's seen as a potential for monetization especially on tiktok right like you we forget this but like a lot of people are not just going on there to post silly videos or watch silly videos they're also saying I can make a livelihood. Like I, I want to, I want to be in a TikTok house, right? I want to be an influencer. That's a big thing, we, we, we shouldn't, we shouldn't kind of dis disregard that. Well, uh, here's so, the thing, but yeah. that, that that so that plays into an earlier conversation we had about what is the bottom line of these social media companies, yeah. right? Are they helping out the greater good of society, or is mm-hmm. it all profit driven? So the argument of people just on TikTok making uh just thinking it as like a uh um a conduit for profit and mm-hmm. then the the platform itself is making money as well what is the impact and what is the purpose of this like i go on tiktok i have yeah. no idea besides like people in Pennsylvania and uh, and LA dancing and maybe some weird, like a guy removing a tire from a tractor. <laughs> Those are like the, my <laughs> you pages filled with the most random stuff. I don't see its benefit. I don't understand it. Maybe I'm, I'd sound like an old man, but I, at least with YouTube, you can make educational videos. You can share uh, ideas and stuff like that. TikTok, as of right now, I oh, don't man. I, I think know you're, where you're, it's you're, you're missing the boat on on the sense that right now with, with Black Lives Matter, uh, TikTok has really been utilized for a, a tremendous amount of activism. Uh, there has also been, uh, in this fascinating area, the K-pop stands who are like oh, the hardcore yeah. fans of K-pop yeah. have been utilizing uh, TikTok and other platforms for a sense of activism. And, and I yeah. think that 
any medium tends to usually be adopted by the youngest generation at first that that might be more kind of uh, in tune with with trends and, and, and kind of uh, you know, kind of savviness with with new platforms. Uh, and they're really utilizing it as a, a new form of of expression and kind of yeah. seeing the confines of, of the, the platform and then incorporating a lot of um, comedy and activism even inside of that. But I also would, would need to kind of push back a little bit on the framing of saying, okay, well, what good does this do for society? I think, I think if you look at a lot of companies, you say, well, does McDonald's, do they do any good for, for society? Yeah. Uh, we were upset when they do bad to society, right? So, so a, a business, I mean, this gets a little bit into, uh, you know, where, where are we in terms of capitalism and like the push over the last, uh, you know, couple decades with uh, Milton Friedman and like, hey, the only purpose of a business is to maximize the profit. The last couple of years, we've I've seen pushback to that to say, well, wait a minute, you know, maybe it's a triple bottom line. Maybe we need to think about its overall uh, negative externalities on society. And I think that's where we are right now with social media. So we always want social media companies to be focused on making a profit, right? Because they're, they're, uh, they're private businesses. But at the same time, we need to think their aggregate should, should be a, a win for communication and should be also be a win for democracy at large. So over the last couple of years, one of the things that we've seen is a tremendous shift. I would say a head spinning shift right now with where we view social media in terms of its uh, potential to do, to do good. Whereas early on with a platform like Twitter, we literally saw it used in uh, public squares of, of Egypt to, to promote uh, a push at the time uh, towards a more democratic push. Whereas now we've seen that that same type of platform can be perverted and used yeah. by authoritarian governments. So, so frankly, I think the it's whole just Arab Spring. I think yeah. was a big Twitter thing. It was. It was right. So, the the point is, uh, we're kind of going through this existential crisis now with social media, and that's kind of our larger conversation today, right? Is like we need to decide what are what is social media, what role does it play in my life, and just as important, if not more important, is what role does it play at society. For society at large. And that's a major change because originally when we were thinking about the, the, the rise of the web and platforms, which is how we designed it with uh, Section 230, the Communications Decency Act of, of 1996, is that we thought that these platforms would, would offer a one-to-many. And let me kind of pull that back a little bit, right? So the, the very purpose when we were thinking about, uh, about any type of platform was to say, wait a minute, like we could share a lot of ideas and we use terms such as information superhighway, right? So it didn't matter where you are, you could access this information and I could be sitting in my room right now. And because of a platform, a million people could, could hear what I have to say or read what I have to say, right? Mm-hmm. But one of the things that I don't think we fleshed out is that social media does not work like a one-to-many. And I think that's the misconception. It actually works like a one-to-many to many. So let me kind of throw out a new idea that I'm working on, right? And the idea is this, is that we like to say that social media is a megaphone. And I say, BS. Social media is not a megaphone. It is a symphony. 
And what every person on social media is, is actually a conductor of a symphony. And because you are connected and intertwined with other accounts that you that might follow you and then can share you, what happens is the amplification that people are concerned about that could impact democracy and misinformation and hate speech, it's not tied in with a megaphone that you lower the volume or can raise the volume, right? You can amplify or you can mute or, or lower it or throttle it, right, with the algorithm. What it's actually concerned about and what we are starting to be concerned about is one hub of a conductor since they are connected with all of these other accounts, it causes this whole symphony of music that then can quickly spread. And that's really the virality. It's not a one-to-many, wow, I heard this cool idea, now I'm going to tell Joe about it. It actually works as this interconnectedness that works more like an octopus. And you know, each octopus, has this, each arm has its own brain, right? So it's like going out there. And it's that's almost like it's wild. A, like a virus. Like the word viral is very yeah. appropriate because, uh, like you're saying, like it's think of it as one piece of bacteria, then uh, yep. you know it influences others and it grows in, as opposed to like getting punched in the face. <laughs> it's like right. one thing, right? This exactly. is more of like a cold than getting punched in the face. And it is funny that, that that's the that's the terms we use. The terms we use are very scientific. Viral media. Uh, and then, you know, I know Douglas Rushkoff was early in on talking about a lot of these ideas. And then you also had uh, the popular author, Seth Godin, Idea Virus, a bunch of years ago. And then uh, memes, uh, a meme, right, coming from a scientific term uh, from the, the Richard Dawkins, the, the selfish gene uh, back in the 70s, right? So it, it's a scientific type of idea about how ideas spread. But I think if we take this back, what we're realizing is that... This is not just about silly cat videos and people pushing out their ideas. It's about every individual is impacting this overall information ecosystem. And one of the things that, that, that I think we need to decide is when you delete your social media account, right? If, if that's what you say, hey, you know, I'm done with social media. You unplug uh, from the consciousness. You, you unplug, you're unplugging. But, but, one of the things that is tricky with that is does that impact the overall uh, information landscape or is it just about you removing yourself? Because so on one I, hand, yeah. So, I, so with that said, um, it's, is it bad for society to uh, unplug? Is that an argument? Well, the argument there is not that it's bad, but but it's saying that what is your overall purpose with it? Because when I'm going to go back, I think something that is very top of mind lately is that we have individual pursuits and then we have collectivist kind of concerns, right? So and it's especially heightened right now with how we're thinking about the pandemic because we're like, wait a minute, I don't want to get sick. I care about my health, but wait a minute. I'm wearing a mask because I care about society at large and how I could impact people. It's the very same thing we're, we're thinking about with social media, because if, if you, as an individual, you unplug, right, that's that's making your personal decision. You, your argument would have to be that if enough people make that personal decision, it has an overall kind of business impact on social media companies. Or I, I would argue, you know, you, you have to also find uh, the accounts that, or sorry, the platforms that 
work well for for your own kind of um, personal well-being, right? So could, could someone right now – so if to be a functioning member of society, can mm-hmm. someone unplug from all of social media – not have a Facebook, not have a Twitter, not have a LinkedIn. Uh, you almost remove yeah. from the internet. Can they still function in today's society the way things are set up? Not in every career. Uh, or if you're going to be in require, media. Does, yeah. yeah, does it require a mass of people to unplug at once to apply change to the system? Or could it... <laughs> It feels like a gradual change can't happen with this. It has to be like either pulling yeah. off a big Band-Aid or uh, not happening at all. I already, you know, I, I see firsthand that the change has already happened. And, and what I'll say is a couple of years ago, there was a lot of pressure to basically be on every platform. And, and it was kind of comical where like every website would have to say, find me on Facebook, find me on Twitter, find me on Instagram, find me on Snapchat, find me on LinkedIn. And it's like... One of the things people are realizing is that now that there's less pressure to be everywhere, people can actually just say, you know what, here's where we post, find me on Twitter, or you know what, we only focus on LinkedIn. And that is becoming a lot more acceptable. It wasn't before, right? It was, there was a lot of pressure to, to be in all of these, these kind of locations, uh, especially for kind of like a, a younger, younger audience as well. Uh, you know, before we kind of said, hey, wait a minute, they actually have to be on all these social media accounts. So then they have like a positive digital footprint, things like that. Yeah. Whereas now, because you see other people acting in this fashion and also digital well-being as a space has, has you know, become a lot more prominent. You have major social media companies thinking about this. Uh, all social media platforms are thinking about digital well-being right now and because in the last couple of years you've seen platform design change around the kind of the uh you know kind of limitless type of uh you know feed the bottomless kind of feed and now you'll notice when you're on instagram it's going to say you're all caught up or like youtube giving you metrics on like how many videos you watch you know what's interesting you just mentioned that um companies are now kind of uh selecting which audiences to uh, advertised to. Yes. I wonder yeah. if there's a like click uh, change that's happening where everyone used to be on everything, but now like certain people are only on Twitter, certain yes. people are only on LinkedIn, certain people are only on Facebook, and the public is kind of self segregating and like finding their little audiences. Uh, and like, oh, I don't use Twitter because that's where, you know, those people are. I, I stay yeah. on Facebook. Oh, no, I don't use Facebook or Twitter. I use Instagram. That's where, like, my people are. So oh, I, I, I wonder what that is doing to the overall consciousness of the orchestra. I wonder if, what that's, what's that's doing to the orchestra, to use your Ooh, yeah, expression. Yeah. So that must mean there's different songs happening. <laughs> there's oh, Beethoven yeah. over here. There's Mozart over here. Uh, there's, uh, you know, Bach, there's Handel, like they're, they're all playing their own little songs and stuff. Um, yeah, not and, that, and, though. and that's kind of the, the point is that there's all of these different kind of communities that are happening all across the web. And like from a philosophical standpoint, we're always trying to decide, well, does, is there just one type of overall web kind of community or should we just have like thousand different kind of 
uh, smaller communities across the board. And then each one of those kind of communities has their own type of, of norms of behavior and things like things like that. But but I will say, like, if I think back to a couple of years ago, there was actually like, a, like it was pretty, pretty standard for people to say, you know what? And they would actually tell people this, which I thought was hilarious. And this is where, where I always think like, uh, you know, anything with like PR could be kind of funny is that they would, they would basically say, all right, David, you know what you need to do? You need to post on, on Facebook every day. And you know what the best time to post on Facebook is this time. But here's what you need to do. You need to, you need to kind of throw out like you're talking about when you're doing a comedy gig, but wait a minute, you don't want to be overly promotional. So then you need to, you know, intersperse that with personal stuff. So like if you're promoting your comedy career, you're supposed to basically say, okay, wait, I've got a gig coming up, but I can't just post about my gig. I need to post here's, here's me and my wife. Right. Like, uh, and then, Oh, okay. Here's, here's me and my dog. Oh, by the way, I go to my comedy show, but the the part that I always found kind of people want to see that you're like a real it's, they don't want to feel like it's just a advertisement for you. They want to feel like a, it's a fan page. They want to feel like right. a personal connection. They have a, a, a connection to you. I get it. But, but one of the things that I push back at is that I say, well, here we are talking about being authentic online. But we were actually contriving our authenticity. We were saying, well, wait a minute. Uh, you need to kind of post at this time and post this way in order to be authentic, which by its very kind of planned nature means that it's not authentic. So one of the things that that has been my kind of personal uh, journey with it is that I've kind of just gravitated towards platforms that naturally go with where I am in my point in life, right? So that's why, you know, uh, we, we've talked a lot about uh, LinkedIn, uh, and I just say that because, like, there's there's a certain personality that works really so well. On what you're saying Twitter. is like, so when you become a teen, you join TikTok. Yeah. A young adult goes on Twitter. Uh, <laughs> then after, when they get a career, they go on LinkedIn, and when they retire, they go on Facebook. Yeah. But see, I mean, I wish we could. And then when they the- die, they end up in the paper. In the obituary, in the obituary section, we cut it out. No, so I, I will say, I wish it broke down as clean. Uh, it may be a little bit on age, but I will say that it needs to match up with your personality. So I think that's something we've discovered with this conversation is that different platforms attract and respond well to different personalities. So. It's it's kind of not even just my natural self-selection of where I spend most of my time online. It's also like uh, what I'm even good at, right? So like for whatever reason, I'm probably not that good on Twitter, right? Because maybe just like how I communicate and how I speak and like how I like to respond to people, it probably doesn't work well for like just the natural kind of vibe of Twitter, and that works, yeah. you know, well for a certain type of person. And I see that. Whereas for whatever reason, uh, like LinkedIn seems to go with how I tend to view the world or maybe like, uh, you know, where I am at my point, what I like to post about. You know what I'm saying? Like it, it depends on like how personal are you? Like how much do you like to share? Like are you are you sardonic? Are you ironic? Like what, what are you kind of like what type of? I wonder if a psychology yeah. professor can uh, can break this all down and come to some conclusions by just Ooh. what social media platforms we use and what we post and like our goals for posting. 
And then to make it a little more clickbaity, we'll have to like match it up with like animals. Like what animal are you? <laughs> what animal are you if you're on LinkedIn versus That's such Twitter. a BuzzFeed <laughs> Facebook post thing to say. <laughs> oh man. I like that. Maybe that's a, a good way to kind of wrap it up that like it's about matching your personality. So so like I've said that uh, that the LinkedIn kind of matches my personality. You know, maybe maybe that's because I like to post about like here are these things that 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 we're working on and like I do a lot of work with like Altic is human and we're like building things and I like to share events and like and I like to just scan like kind of news in this area. And as opposed to just getting a bunch of other things outside of that. Uh, so it tends to keep me a little, little focused. Uh, so I think that's the larger thing is that social media is complicated because you're making a individual decision and also a stance, right. On like what lines up with your values and then how you can also impact that social media company at large. Uh, so, so it's, it's all about kind of like finding what uh, what lines up with uh, with you? So I've said so what lines up with question. me. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. So uh, so our original question. Well, I didn't want to interrupt you. So what lines up with know. you? Is LinkedIn. Well, I was going to say LinkedIn, LinkedIn but what, so what lines up with with you, Jen, Joe? That's why I was going to ask this question. So could someone completely delete their uh, a footprint off of social media and still succeed in the world? Is it kind of, it's a complicated answer or? Yeah, they can, they can. And they can? I, I, just, I just thought of an example is uh, Cal Newport, right? Like a lot of people in the digital wellness space, big fan of this guy, Cal Newport. Yeah. He's the one who popularized uh, deep work, uh, thinks and writes a lot about social media, but he uh, he's not like a person that you could easily find. Uh, I don't believe he's on uh, any of But that's any a bit of an outlier topics. because the man writes. True. So that in itself is his social media. So he's still getting his thoughts and opinions mm. and he's still posting so he has about a major platform. So yeah. that's not – so if you have a platform, you, I think it doesn't count if you delete yeah. social media because all it is is just social media without you hearing from other people. Which is the best right. form of social media, I cool. think. Well, then, uh, but like, like a person who's like a person who's a lawyer right now. Yes. Uh, they work in small claims courts or whatnot. They don't have a, a. They don't have any want any social media footprint whatsoever. Could they? Um, will they find uh, that their path is more difficult than someone who, uh, you know, has a LinkedIn, has a Twitter? Uh, I definitely think so. I definitely think so because I even just think about the way that I tend to to verify people, right? There's, there's so many people that you interact with that you constantly like do your homework. You're like, okay, well, let me let me check them out. Like, let me look at the, with their LinkedIn. Let me find them on LinkedIn. Let me look at their Facebook page. Let me see their Twitter handle. Uh, and when you don't find anything on somebody, it yeah. does make you kind of question their legitimacy because we have connoted uh social media accounts with with legitimacy so if you don't have a social media account i think it is hard i am going to come down on that like i yes. I, I think yes. if you don't have a if you don't have a need for a quote-unquote brand then i think it's it's 
perfectly fine. Like as, as just a regular individual, why do you have to have a social media account? You don't. And like, be free, do your thing. Right. But if you are uh, like, let's say you're running a kind of pushing a business or something like that, the expectation, uh, unless you're so highly specialized that it can work by word of mouth, but the expectation for most people is that, uh, if you're not on social media, it's uh, it's as, almost as if you you, you don't exist because so here's we're using the thing. Here's the point. Yes, here's the point I'm trying to make that I'm doing a bad job at is 99.999 percent of everyone on social media falls into the category of they don't really have a brand; they're just a yeah. person, and all they are they're not influencers. They get influenced. So uh, by that 0.001% of people that are, you know, building something and, uh, uh, you know, trying to amass a following to sell a product or to sell something on TikTok or Facebook or whatnot. Um, I wonder what that does to the song and the symphony when there's a bunch of people that are, you know, uh, I, you know, I don't know how to put it. And, yeah. yeah. Uh, another thing is, uh, I, so I voted in the, uh, pr- uh, the primaries that happened in New York uh, mm-hmm. uh, recently. Um, and I would say this, people I looked up and they had horrible social media press uh, presence or I couldn't find information on, I was less likely to vote for those people because I yep. couldn't find any information. There was right. one woman, I found something from a past life she had, which was great and fine, but it said nothing about the position she was running for. She did not get my vote. Because I just couldn't find anything about her. And this is for a race that I was unsure of who I was going to pick. So just something as having the most basic footprint on social media can help you so much. I think so. Um, So I I don't know. I think, you know, I guess maybe I answer my question of like, you do need some sort. You you can't survive in this world if you're not connected on social media in any way. Um, if you can survive without social media, then you shouldn't be on social media, <laughs> I guess is my conclusion. Right, right. Like, unless you really need it, don't be on it because it's bad. Well, I mean, it, uh, hopefully that's, you know, <laughs> improving. I mean, I, I'm working, you know, I, a lot of my work is is focused on then fix improving. it, David, then fix it. It's <laughs> yes, up to yeah. you, my friend. No, but I... I and I will say to your other point about the uh, the symphony, that is a line of thinking that these platforms are thinking about. So, for example, Twitter recently announced that they are piloting a um, a new feature that would kick back uh, a little statement to, to users to say, like, all right, you know, did read this article kind of before you share it. It's uh, nudging. Or what we like to say is uh, choice architecture of of how you can alter uh, slightly uh, user behavior by how you are kind of pushing people in in certain directions, and that is also about the symphony idea because yeah. what what Twitter is worried about is they don't want a person who is loosely connected with this larger conductor who sometimes might be a bad actor, they don't want you to be a kind of a, a useful idiot, so to speak, and just like pushing out a message that the message might be bad, right? Mm-hmm. Typically it's harmless, but 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 can be bad. Yeah. So they're trying to create this, this nudge to say, wait a minute, you are playing a significant role in the overall ecosystem. 
And that's why I will bring it back that to solve social media, it's it's not just about uh, Facebook and Twitter and, and they're being more socially responsible. And it's not just about the legislative branch, you know, being savvier and, and creating guardrails. It's about all of these factors, right? It's about a more socially responsible companies, better, uh, better engaged and educated legislative branch, having users who think of themselves as citizens who, who consider the overall kind of ecosystem and their role in it, and about media having this oversight that is then increasing the overall education. And all of these parts are, are, are an interplay that's, that's going to to fix social media, because I, as I do say that uh, we've kind of landed on the fact that it's here to stay. And if it's here to stay, we need to make sure that it, that it does bring out the best in, in us as individuals and also uh, lines up with our, with our deep seated beliefs that uh, we need to have better information. We need to have less hate and we need to have more democracy. And if those are at risk, then, you better believe that we need to fix it. And that's, and that's I, what we're doing. Yeah. I think and we gotta end there. I, yes, we're going to end this and I will, I will end on this cause I've been very negative on this episode. Uh, but it, you know, and it's like you said, these social media companies are here to stay and just reaching out to someone like you who like yeah. is a tech ethicist and trying to find the, uh, uh you know, uh, uh, the moral stances of stuff and and, mm-hmm. and have that be part of the decision making and that's a huge step and a lot of companies should uh, uh, they are they're they're working towards they're not there yet they could be better but uh, they're, they're working towards really seeing the impact yeah. of uh, what they do uh, to a person individually and to society at large that said uh, I can't find a joke to end it on but um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but there you go. And family, and family. Social media, I guess, I, yeah. I, I was hard. Like, if you have a family and you, you're long distance posting pictures, you can share pictures and stuff like that. You know, that's good too. So it does but have I, but I think, value. Uh, with family. What What we need is just continued conversations like this because there you go. At the end of the day, kind of as I started out saying early on, is that social media is so ingrained in in how we communicate that we need to just ensure that it's that it's like aligned up with our with our values and that's that's everything we're doing so uh you know we'll work on a joke for next time about how we yeah. can kind of kind of end that but hey i think for everybody listening uh you know we do appreciate you uh, tuning in and if you have any ideas about this we're trying to be more collaborative. That's something we're trying to do, uh, Joe, right? We're trying to be yep. a little more kind of uh, interactive. So, you know, reach out. Uh, find our website, right? We're funniestech.com. Mm-hmm. Send us an email. We are, we're not just uh, floating heads on our on our old logo. We, we're real living, breathing people who uh, are, are trying to work through this as well, right? So everything we say, some things hopefully are, are wise. Other things can totally be off base. And, and that's part of the process. <laughs> I feel like there is, yeah, there's commentary in there. Yeah. As long as you're not like a old-fashioned scorekeeper where, where you're keeping track of like our, you know, batting average. Uh, but but we, we want you to be part of the conversation. So please reach just out. Like, please, just uh, like social media, our conversations yeah. are not refined.
<laughs> that is true. Yes. Funniest tech, warts and all. We're going to change the log line. <laughs> I actually like that. That's good. <laughs> good. Good. All right. Bye. See ya. Listening to the Funniest Tech Podcast. New episodes are every Monday. Feel free to email us at info at funniesttech.com or tweet at us at the handle at funniestech. Please rate and review us on iTunes and Google Play. That really helps us out. Again, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at the handle at funniestech. And for more information, go to our website, www.funniestech.com. Funny as tech. Tech.